Hey game friends, GM John here. Ravenloft Tiny Terrors is a spooky, silly podcast that may contain scenes that aren't appropriate for all listeners. As always, all specific content warnings for each episode can be found in the episode descriptions. We're using the Sword and Sorcery Ravenloft books from the early 2000s, as well as the Pathfinder First Edition role-playing system to play this game. This podcast was actually recorded before Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft for a fifth edition was printed, so if you're using that book, things will be a little different here. In lieu of referring you to books that may be out of print, if you want to learn more about Ravenloft and the background of the podcast's world, make certain to check out the Fraternity of Shadows, home of Ravenloft on the internet, at www.fraternityofshadows.com. With no further ado, we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome, game friends, to the Real Play Games podcast, a podcast where I, your game master, John, run my friends through a bunch of tabletop role-playing games, some of them pretty popular and some of them fairly obscure. We are actually running our 12th and hopefully final episode of Ravenloft Tiny Terror Season 1 tonight. Rue, Harm, this is probably it. How are you feeling? Like I'm going to burn down an asylum in the nightmare lands. This is my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm excited to see how this concludes. Well, just to catch everybody up on where we were at, after entering the ghettos in the city of Nod, the two of you had encountered the witch Malonga, who had turned you into tiny versions of yourself as she reverted you back to children, as well as your dogs. You were then chased through the ghettos by two very large domesticated cats that you easily dispatched with the aid of your dogs only then to be forced into a crossroads where you ran into three bullies of Lupo's from his childhood who were ogre-sized. After dispatching them, Lupo got a much-needed bolstering of his confidence, and the two of you headed to the scrapyard in the ghettos, where you located a mystical item called the Seal of the Watchful Guardian and defeated Malanga in battle, breaking her illusion that you were children. You then met up with talks to herself, the Abershaman, as well as the entire Ilhausen family, and went to sleep in a tiny hut that was provided by the new magical item that you guys found. And Lupo got a magical tattoo that was supposed to have a spirit imbued it, but unfortunately the process failed. That is where we pick up. Lupo, as you're resting to regain your spells, you have a very strange dream. Oh. You're on the shore of a beach at nighttime, and the moon is the biggest and fullest that you've ever seen it in your entire life. It almost looks like the beaches in Damaliu based off of your recollection of them. All you know is this is a very beautiful place, and as you look up at the big fat moon in the sky, you can see a ripple of color move across it as tiny iridescent scales appear over it for a moment. Do I feel fear or 
It's not clear at all. As you look down at your own body in this dream, you realize that your skin has taken on the texture of the area surrounding you. If you were to look down at yourself really quickly, it would look like you weren't there at all. Oh, so I'm matching the surroundings? Yeah, it looks like it has changed the coloration of your skin to blend in slightly with the area around you. Oh, neat. I hold it up to the moon to see if I can see the light through it. It passes through like it's leaded glass, like different colors. It just shines directly on you. You hear, I tried, as you wake up. And Lubo, you've noticed that the same color that the moon had taken on with that brief iridescence, it's like a yellow, but with a slight rainbow tone to it, is the color that the chameleon tattoo that you had been given by talks to herself fills itself in. If something could hear my mind thinking, I would just say, I'm sorry, I wish I could have been better. Yeah, you don't hear anything in response. As you wake up, though, it looks like talks to herself is just sitting there playing with the little dream catcher that she has. And as she looks over to you, she says, you folks ready to be going? What exactly was that? I asked. Like, I know you said it was a spirit, but. Oh, it was a little hiding spirit. I think I dreamed about it. Oi, oi, no can tell me. She just felt its presence near boys, what she did. Ify is now going to wake up by throwing her blankets back and sitting straight up and going, breakfast! And she's going to jump up and scramble to her bag and start searching for her rations. As you start tearing into your rations, Ify, talks to herself, looks at you, Lupo, and she says, Yeah, little tiny skitter spirit. Hey, is your tattoo different? Ify's going to walk over and look at it. She's not going to poke it, though, because tattoos are painful. It is. It's red. It looks very painful. Does it look different to me? It does. It has, again, a yellowish tone to it with an iridescence on its scales. Still pretty now. Yeah. I think it would have looked different if I would have been better. The best way you can describe it, I guess. Like, I don't think it was a you thing. I think sometimes circumstances are bad. You can see Doxer her herself shaking her head and she says, Sometimes a thought doesn't bind with another thought. Maybe because I'm hiding too much. Yeah, could be that, or could be wrong kind of animal. Maybe a wolf would have been better. Sneaky little wolf. Or a fox. Ooh, yeah. Foxes are almost like wolves. If he offers you some rations, gets the dogs their rations. Oh, the dogs tear into their morning kibble. Like, just absentmindedly eating it. Yeah, that's probably better. I bet the rations taste better when you're not thinking about them. Thinking about the lizard. Yeah, that's like, almost like you had a dream of what could have been. I'll tell you the dream, too. I was like, yeah, I was standing on the beach, and all of a sudden the moon, it was bigger than I've ever seen it, bigger than a dinner plate at Grandma's, and it got all scaly, like multicolored scales, and then I looked down, and I could see the beach through me. Did you see the beach through you, or is this like, because it kind of looks like one of them lizards that that guy had in that traveling circus that came through when we were back in the beaver dam, and remember, it would, like, you could put it up against something, and it would change colors and then look like the background color. Maybe it's the same kind. Maybe that's what it would have done for you. Yeah, well, at least maybe I look like the beach, yeah. Yeah, so maybe it was a dream of, like, what could have been. Or what it was wanting, like, what it was hoping for. But I'm sorry it didn't work. It looked like it was a really nice spirit. She's going to pet, like, your arm near where the tattoo is, because she can't pet the tattoo. And as they are waking up the Illhausen, specifically Gregorian Illhausen says, we must be very careful at this point. I am certain that there will be all sorts of threats over at the asylum waiting for us. Yeah, the witch seems really unhappy with us right now. She keeps trying to kill us. 
what I would expect is some of my former patients may have survived and been twisted by the place, but I would almost bet that at least one of my former co-workers still resides there in some fashion. Not so twisted, or like, do we need to not hurt some people? If we can avoid hurting the patients if possible, then perhaps there might be some hope for them yet, but should we encounter Dr. Harrod Tasker, I intend to slay the man myself. Dr. Herod Tasker? Yes. He was an agent of the Nightmare Man. He's the reason that he was able to capture me and my family. Do we know that guy? Go ahead, Lupo. Why don't you give me a history check? I love how you just know I don't have any knowledges. I'm never even going to ask you. I only have major. Unless it's about the woods. Yep. Wolf stuff. Uh, But I got a 24. The name Dr. Herod Tasker is familiar to you. You know that he was a psychologist of some repute from Nova Vasa, and he specifically was more of a proponent of the notion that using a combination of discipline and various treatments that relied on physical instead of any sort of mental probing, he would use like electrical therapy, also known as galvanic therapy, and other methodologies on his patients. Definitely differently minded than Dr. Illhausen's treatments were. So he's one of those, not the pray away, but beat it out of you. Yeah, it sounds like he would lobotomize you and say that you were done being depressed. Yeah, Dr. Illhausen has a very grave look on his face and he says, the worst mistake I ever made was letting that man come into my practice. All right, so are you guys going to travel to the city with us or do you want to stay here? Are we near the thing? Yeah, at this point, it looks like it's a mile or so for you to reach the asylum. You can actually see the building. It looks to be a two-story building from the distance, but it's large. It's very long, and it almost looks a little sunken in. It nearly looks like a face if you look at it the correct way. Yeah, it can, like, talk to herself, send off her spirit self with us or something. I just don't think that breaking into an asylum full of twisted patients is the best place for a kid. She shakes her head and she says, You all have to go with at this point. If we're going to get them out of here, it's through there. All right. Does Erasmus know, like, to cover his eyes or his ears, depending on what he's told? Dr. Ilhausen nods, even as Erasmus's mother puts her hand on her son's shoulder. She says, My boy, he knows how to get away from those things. And he also, it's hard to say, but he has a connection with them. A connection like he can tell us if they're nearby? They don't see him. Oh, sweet kid. He was born here, and his father and I think that that's probably part of the reason why they can't do it. Heck yeah. I give the kid a high five. Let's go. He awkwardly high fives you. It's like a motion that he's never really seen before. That's okay. I practice it with him. I'm like, we do this in Darkon all the time. (laughs) It's a halfling thing. As you folks are heading towards the asylum, You can see that talks to herself starts moving between you and casting a spell on each one of you. As she does so, you feel, Lupo, your tattoo tingle a little bit. She has cast Pass Without Trace on each of you. Nice. And as you're approaching, I want everyone to give me stealth checks. What does Pass Without Trace do? It causes you to not have any footprints or a scent trail while you're moving. Does it add anything to our stealth? It doesn't increase your stealth, no. Okay. 
stealth for me, 18, and 18 for Gorger. Well, isn't that convenient? 28 for me, and a 19 for, or sorry, 17 for Yes Sir. Okay, as you're all going to approach this massive building and you start getting closer to it, you can see that it is largely a stone edifice, but some portions of it are starting to crumble. Even here, you can see some of the Dreamweaver spiders that had been on some of the Dream Spheres and the Ring of Dreams moving in between the sections that are damaged. And there's big black wrought iron letters on the sign that's outside of this building that just say Egertus Asylum. You are all moving very cautiously, enough so that the thing that you notice out on the front of this building, where you know that the foyer entry happens to be located, doesn't notice you as it crawls from the second floor to the first floor. It was once a man, you can tell that much, but its arms are at least 10 feet long. And where its hands start at the wrist joint on it, you can see that there are sets of what look like fingers and wrists going up to make an entirely different segment worth of digits. And it uses these to crawl across the building face first towards the ground as it turns its head up and starts scanning the area with an incredibly long, ropey-looking tongue seeming to look for something. It's like a liquor and a rake kind of horrible baby. I was going to say, it's like a wheelie. (laughs) So we're able to sneak past it? You see it stop, and it starts tasting the air for a few moments. But then it crawls away around what would be the west side of the building relative to where you're located at, hiding behind the front sign. I thought you said the wet side of the building. I'm like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) Wet sciences are to the right. Dry sciences are to the left. (laughs) Before we go any further, I'm going to be like, hold on. And I'm going to cast... Um, are you going to try and cast a spell quietly? Yes. Okay. I'm going to need you to give me an arcana check for that. Or no, I'm sorry. It would be for you religion because you're more of a divine caster. 16. You whisper a quiet prayer to the moon before you start casting your spell. And fortunately, at least up until you roll to see whether you can enunciate the entire prayer or not, it seems to be working. 89. So yeah. You managed to quietly cast this spell. And I'll touch Iffy and me. Protection from evil. Communal. Just you and me, not the dogs? Uh, yeah, I don't have enough really to put okay. like good enough on the dogs. So Yeah, just needed to know if I should check it off or not. I mean, I'm less worried about the dogs getting mind controlled, to be fair. Yeah. The front door is proved to be unlocked, and between the map that he had drawn for you previously and Dr. Gregorian Ilhausen's own knowledge, as well as Catherine's, because they both worked there, they are easily able to, sh- to get you through into the building without the figure seeing you. What are we looking for here? This is where we think the way back is. Okay, but we don't know where that would be as far as ground floor, second floor, basement. You don't. However, you see pulling out the dream catcher that she has, talks to herself, starts saying a few words in the language that you don't understand. And you can see that little motes of energy start appearing on the different strings on the dream catcher. And it begins to glow with a soft blue color in her hands. And she starts scanning it around the area. She says, 
I'm not sure where it is yet. No, no. Okay, let's head down the first floor hallway then. Does the doctor remember how he got here? Did he get here through this place? Yeah. We awoke here as prisoners. So we're coming in through the visitor's lounge. Let's go ahead and let's hook to the east and go towards that stairwell. When you head inside, you can see that what had used to be a very welcoming open area with a staircase that leads up towards the second floor that separates the place into two different halls for a little bit. It is now in utter disrepair. Some of the stairs have been busted. It looks like it would probably take a little more effort for the two of you to climb up them specifically because of your height. Yeah, I'm thinking we hook uh, over towards the operating room on the first floor just to see if talks to herself, sees anything. So it looks like there's stairs on either side, too. So maybe one of those staircases will be less destroyed. Yeah. As you start heading west towards the operating room, you can see down the hallway that it's located down and to the right of. There is a number of beds and other pieces of equipment that have been mounted over into defensive barricades. And you can see some of the gray creatures wearing rudimentary orderly uniforms and carrying scavenged weapons are hiding behind the barricade and making little hooting noises to one another. Have they seen us? They have not noticed you yet, no. They are not that great at seeing things. Does Talkster herself indicate we need to continue this way? Talkster herself does not appear to know exactly which direction you need to go yet. All right, do you want to go back and see if we can go back towards the chemist? Yeah, let's try that. As you head back towards the chemist, you try the door that leads to that hallway. It appears to have had one of its top hinges broken, but it is still securely lockable, and it appears to be locked currently. Can I try unlocking it? You can. Let me roll for something really quickly. The gray morphs that are hiding behind the barricades still do not appear to be aware of you being there. So I'm going to go ahead and try this. I have thieves tools. Hold on. I knew you were going to cast that. So that's an extra plus one? Correct. Let me see if I can quietly. This is a 17 plus nine, so 26. And then let me make sure I can cast it, just because it's kind of stressful right now. I do. I have 30, so we're good. Okay. Ooh, I only got a 16. Unfortunately, you get one of your picks stuck, and in the process of pulling it out, you yank a little hard. The door hinge that's broken causes the door to swivel a little bit towards you. I need you to make a reflex save for me. A 17. Okay, if you manage to get out of the way before this door falls off of the hinge and slams down hard onto the ground, but it makes a fairly loud noise, and those morphs definitely notice you from their hallway now. They start hooting loudly. (laughs) Dust the twilight on them. Well, we're going to roll for initiative at this point because they are aware <laughs> someone's there. Ah, uh, so many low rolls right now. I got a six initiative. Well, I got a four, so. I rolled a six. That's an eight. The first person to respond is talks to herself who had been kind of straying away from the main group anyway. Brandishing the dream catcher that she has, she yells something in the language that you do not speak. Both of the gray morphs behind the barricade are obliterated by a burst of bluish light that comes off of this dream catcher. Is that all of them? That's all the ones that were in the hallway at the moment. Should we maybe go or should we wait? We should go. 
Okay, let's go towards the chemist. As you start penetrating towards the chemist, you hear screams coming from the holding area that's directly due to your left. What's in the holding area? Inside, you can see two emaciated-looking humans, both wearing peasants' clothing in a style that you're not familiar with. And they both speak in a language that you can't understand as one of them notices you and starts motioning towards you fervently. Can I speak in all my languages and go, do you understand me? They don't understand anything that you say. After a moment, the doctor, Gregorian Illhausen, seems to realize what they're saying. And he starts saying soothing things to them in that same language. He says, they say that they were sleeping overnight in the clinic because it was abandoned and they were travelers. They were going to sell grain. They ended up here two days ago. Where did they show up? Here in this room? He talks to them a bit more and he says, no, they were found down in the wards. They had been sleeping down there because it seemed the most defensible. And he listens to them for a little bit more. He says the orderlies caught them. Do they want to come with us to try and get out? They very much seem to, but the door is locked. As you are leaning down to inspect whether you can open it, you hear a rumbling noise coming from the far end of the hallway. Oh, can I unlock it? I'll move it in front and I'll cast a full strength on myself. Yeah, it takes a fair amount of time to unlock a lock. You can try anyway. 67. It will take four rounds for you to open this lock. Okay. Do you want me to try? Uh, yeah. I stand on the other side of you. I tell Gordon to guard you. And I, and I ask full strength on myself. As you finish the intonation, you can see something coming rising directly out of the stone flooring. It's a very slender figure, but it looks like it's made of solid stone as it emerges from the flooring. And it points a very accusing finger towards Dr. Ilhausen and says, You abandoned all of us. Look what they did to me. Dr. Ilhausen gasped, Shevin, no. Go ahead and roll initiative for me, please. Uh, five. Fourteen. I mean, I'm stuck on this lock. That's okay. Regarding you. Yeah, unless the doctor, his wife, or his child are gifted at lock picking. <laughs> it does not necessarily appear like any of them are. Lupo, you are actually going first. How far is the thing away from me? At this point, it'd be about 60 feet away from you currently. Then I will say, how can we help you? We want to help. His rumbling voice is, bring me the doctor. Technically, we already have. He's here. <laughs> and I'll just like kind of put myself into a total defense right now. Okay, so you're going to use a total defense action? Yeah, just, I'm going to say that's not an option. As you go to make yourself just as turtly as possible... You can see the figure dives down into the ground and then pops back out, but it is not moving very quickly. It only manages to clear about 40 feet, so it's only 10 feet away from you at this point as it's coming very single-mindedly. And every time it pops back out of the stone of the floor, it looks like it's trying to run. I feel bad for the thing, but... You're not very fast, are you? <laughs> You see Dr. Ilhausen pull the rapier that he's got into his hip out from its sheath. Oh, doctor, I don't, a rapier gets, 
I, I know what it feels like when you have a rapier and you're like, oh, I'm going up against a giant metal or rock guy. I'm sure <laughs> hope my little pokey stick works. <laughs> and even as he does that, you can see Toxter herself is starting to cast a spell. I really hope these guys I'm letting out are not grays. Oh, yeah. As this final invocation in that weird language that she speaks leaves her lips, you can see a spark of blue energy move off of the base of the dream catcher that she's holding and fly towards this stone creature and explode into a vertical column of fire. Even though it is caught in the blaze, it doesn't appear to do a ton of damage to this thing. You can see that some of the pieces of rock on the edges of its fingers and feet start crumbling a little bit. And it's got some cracks that appear across its surface, but otherwise it doesn't appear severely injured by this attack, although it's very impressive to see. Then you hear a loud bang, and you notice the trembling hand of Carolyn Dinwiddie Ilhausen holding a pistol that she has just fired. (laughs) That was my ears. However, it goes wide of the mark. Actually, very wide of the mark. It's almost close to ricocheting off of the wall and coming back, so she appears a little startled by her missed shot. Being next to a, a gun that was just fired in the hallway, that would hurt so bad. Yeah, yeah. Would, would not be great, but this is D&D, so we don't think about those things too much. Plus, we have bonuses to perception, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, it would be real bad for you guys. Willpower. We just pushed on through. <laughs> I'm going to tell them, doctor, tell them we have to see them bleed to let them out as I'm still working on the lock. You can see that these people are in pretty bad shape. One of them already appears to have a wound and it is already weeping a little bit through a bandage. Okay, cool. So as long as they're bleeding, I'm assuming the kid would have also told us if they were gray since they seem to. It seems like they can see the kid. Both of them are now pressed at the bars. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to keep unlocking the lock. I'm going to tell Yes Sir to guard the kid, just in case. Get that close to me, so I'm going to get out of my defensive stance. I'm just going to point at him with my sickle and say, by the power of the moon, and it'll light up and send a beam of light towards him. Ah, you're hitting him with the old moonbeam razzle-dazzle? Moonbeam. I don't know why I'm picturing it as like a Sailor Moon thing. Like, by the power of the moon, silver and true. (laughs) (laughs) He starts his magic girl transformation. (laughs) That's what he does, yes. By the power of the moon, by the love of the moon. That is a 13 range touch. Oh yeah, that absolutely hits. Now I'm only picturing him flying into a rage as a magic girl transformation. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, he makes a fortitude save. And he'll take eight damage. Does Rock Guy have good fortitude? He does. In fact, that's the one good save he has, because he has a 19 total. He's... But he got eight damage, so... Oh, you still hurt him. You blast a significant chunk of one of his elbows off with a shot. (laughs) You do still have Gorger. Yeah, he's staying back. We're not getting far away from these guys. Okay, well, he dips back into the ground, and then he's just gone for you for a moment, Lupo, until he pops up directly behind you from the ground and tries to smash at you with one of his stony fists. Man, he must have been here a long time if he thinks you're the doctor. (laughs) Is he considered evil? He's technically evil, yeah. Okay. Cool. Evil alignment. But even then, you don't have a 29 armor class, right? Not. I did last round. Oh. 
he clocks you in the back of the noggin for a pretty gnarly punch. Lupo, you hear something crunch as you take nine points of damage to the base of your skull. Man, that's where important stuff is. Now I'm mad. Won't like you when you're angry. Moving in to fill the gap so that he can't sneak behind anybody else. At this point, Talkster herself has conjured the spear from her arm and tries to stab at it. Uh, Unfortunately, it bounces off of his rocky hide. But Dr. Ilhausen also runs in at this point. And his rapier also bounces off of its rocky hide. (laughs) Ify, you are still working on the lock. I am. Yes, sir, is still guarding Erasmus. Is the Brock creature close enough to Erasmus for yes, sir, to feel threatened? No, because Erasmus has been kept deliberately towards the back of the group regardless. Yeah, that's why I have yes, sir, on him. It's just in case Grays come up from the back. I don't want them sneaking up on the kid. Come on, Lupo, finish this. I begin raging. Before I do, I say, Gorger, get! Gorger snarls. You guys are in a circle around this thing. At this yeah, point. are they flanking him since technically he came up behind Lupo? Yeah, everybody is basically once again flanking at this point. You're all arrayed in a semicircle around this creature. All right, so I'm on attack. Ooh, oh lord. Uh, that is a 31. Nice. What did you roll? An 18. Okay, good lord. I'm also raging. I began raging. And you have full strength on yourself. Yes. Yikes. I didn't think about that. That is seven damage. Magical slashing. Even though a blade is not necessarily the best weapon to utilize against a creature that is made out of rock entirely, you cut a big old chunk right out of this thing's left thigh. Don't you get two attacks per round? Not yet. Oh yeah, next level probably. Gorger. Gorger's attacking. Oof, 18. That is just enough. <laughs> 13 damage and a possible trip. So the 19 on the die, so that is a 32. Despite the fact that this thing's legs appear to be made out of just about <laughs> the same material as the asylum's floor is, your dog yanks it off of its feet. It's amazing, and you hear something pop in your dog's neck just because of the amazing strength he's applying to this very heavy creature. Good dog. He chiropractically adjusted himself. <laughs> Oof, okay. Dr. Ilhausen and talks to herself both start stabbing down at this creature as they're surrounding it. Talks to herself finally manages to get one of the shots in with the spear after one of them glances off. Even then, though, it's a glancing wound. Dr. Ilhausen unfortunately just cannot get the tip of the rapier to penetrate this thing. Ify, go ahead and give me a check. The lockpick? Yes. I got a 24. The lock pops open under your picks. At this point, however, seeing the figure in the hallway, it appears both patients are not wanting to come out immediately. That's okay. Can I turn around so that I'm ready to fight? You can. And pull my uh, sword? You'll be able to pull your sword next round. Okay. Lupo, what are you doing? Continuing my rage. Ooh, he's so furious. Mr. Angie's Moon power anger. <laughs> I'm on attack. 17. You bring it down and just barely manage to penetrate its rocky hide. <laughs> Ooh, max damage. Nine. 
Nice. You lop three of its stony fingers off. How about Gorger? Gorger's going to try to keep him down. So bite again. 27. I mean, once again. <laughs> Our dogs are amazing. 11 damage. And then we're going to try to keep him down. Nope. Nope. Roll the one. So this time, as he is trying to keep it from getting back to its footing, it just starts melting down into the rock. Okay, Gorger, you're not used to that kind of thing. Gnawing at the rock, the stone. And Dr. (laughs) Ilhausen and Toxer herself both look around warily for a moment before the figure pops back out and tries to strike Tox to herself. Guy's not good at focusing on the person his anger is actually with. Wow, he's also not that great at hitting things, even with a plus 10 bonus. (laughs) She manages to get her magical spear tattoo up in the air and block the blow that he swings directly at her chest. This time, Dr. Ilhausen lunges forwards, and you see the tip of the rapier go right into this thing's side. Nice. It does not appear to do a lot of damage. It cracks a little chip off, but he still managed to do something. Toxter herself is not so fortunate, and he manages to bat the spear aside as she tries to stab this stony man again. I would like to move into flanking position with Lupo so that we both get our dirty fighter. Yeah, so you move in where this thing has shifted and slide between Toxter herself's legs so you can get into position. I'm going to attack him with my greatsword with Wolfsong. So I imagine you draw that after you slide through. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's in my haversack. Uh, So that's a 15 plus 9 to attack. Yeah, I'll let you know when that doesn't hit something. (laughs) That's for 10 points of damage. As you leap up and swing at it, you completely crush the hand where this thing had previously lost a couple fingers. It is just a jagged, rocky stump now. Do I get my second attack as well? No, because you had to move. Okay. Yeah, and I'll stay in flanking position, so Lupo will get the plus one to his damage as well, and the plus two to attack. Okay, and what is Yesser doing? Yesser is still going to be guarding Erasmus to make sure nobody kidnaps him while we're in the melee. Okay. I spend another round of rage. I was just thinking, like, do I know if this guy is, is this a curse that I could possibly remove? But I'm like, I wouldn't be thinking that right now. (laughs) You're like, yeah, in a rage, you're not thinking spellcrafty stuff. Yep. Ooh, 27. Nice. Max damage of nine again. Lupo, you strike this thing dead center in the chest, and massive cracks start to form from where the point of your sickle almost goes at its back, and it starts to crumble apart in front of you. Okay, I'm going to turn around and look at the two people that we let out. They both are actively bleeding. One of them is apparently bleeding through a bandage that they have on. The other one isn't. I'm going to ask the doctor if the one that's not bleeding can show us its blood, please. He speaks to him for a moment, and it looks like the person in the cell is frantically looking around for something, and then finally just bites the tip of their finger, and you can see blood come out. Awesome. So yeah, I'll wave them out, and uh, uh, I guess, can we like look at their wounds? Do they need any doctoring? They are pretty badly injured. Neither one of them is a combatant. These people are zero-level farmers. I'm going to give... I have two potions of Cure Light Wound. I'll give each one one. 
Both of them are completely healed by drinking these. They look at them with awe. It appears like they've never received any kind of thing like this in their life. One of them starts crying and the other one reaches out and grabs your sleeves and starts saying something over and over again in the language that they speak. You're welcome. You're good. You're good. I'll call Yeser off of the kid so that his parents don't get attacked if they go near him. (laughs) And have the doctor tell them to watch the kid stick with us and let's go down to the wards, I guess. Uh, I'm going to look through the guys, like this man to see, like, did he like, did the rocky exterior come off of him or did he, did it just crumble apart altogether? No, he was made completely of rock. Okay. Doctor, why do you think he was blaming you? I ask as we head towards the stairs. He shakes his head sadly, and he says, he was another one of my patients. Shevern was a very talented burglar back in his day, but he had a problem where he was chased by a gargoyle across the roof, and after that, he was terrified of heights. And gargoyles? Yes, big winged creatures appear to be made of stone. Do you think that's why he turned into a rock man? He refused to go any higher than 10 feet in terms of height as far as climbing or anything after the event, so it could have something to do with his past trauma, yes. That sucks. And you can hear from upstairs more of those meeping and weird mewling sounds that the gray morphs made. Let's head downstairs to check the wards first, I guess, since that's where these two people got yanked from. Yeah. And let talks to herself thinks that's the wrong direction. She consults with the dream catcher for a few moments, and she says, Oi, 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 it's strange. Part of it says go up, part of it says go down. Do you think that means there's like two pieces to get out? Maybe. I've never left. Down or up first? We know up is going to be a fight with the greys. Down is probably a fight with something possibly greys or not. Let's go up first. Sneakily? Do we want to stealthily head up? Yeah, we'll move quietly. Yeah. I don't move that quietly. I move pretty quietly. I got a 26. A nine. Yes, they only got a 10, so his little toenails are clacking. Unfortunately, as the group of you are trying to make your way up the stairs, there is quite a bit of debris on them, and a few pieces shift as you're picking your way through carefully. You can hear more agitated meeping coming from the door at the top of the staircase. And you can see that a couple of slits have been carved into this door, even from your position on the stairs. It does appear to be shut. You're not sure if it's locked. Do we want to try the basement first and come back to this or just go in? Let's go to the basement. Okay, we'll head down to the basement. You descend one floor and then another floor worth of stairs. As you're heading down those stairs, you can hear something that almost sounds like jangling upstairs. But as you reach the basement level, you realize there is a chorus of screams coming from down here. As soon as you hit the doorway at the bottom of it, it is a very unhappy place. So much so that the feeling pervades your very souls. It is filled with an almost unearthly set of whales. And you can see that this place is probably the most neglected of any. Are there people all over? Like the ones we just rescued? It appears that there are a number of people in the cells down here. However, some of them are also filled with what appear to be the gray morph creatures. It looks like they have been attacking people in the other cells. So it's hard to tell who is a patient down here and who is pretending to be one. 
How many of them are speaking languages we can understand? Well, I need you both to make D20 rolls for me because this place is horrifying. It's not against fear so much as just abject awfulness. Is it just a plain D20 or? It'd be, it's ostensibly a will save. Okay. I got a 15 then. 13 plus eight then. Oh wait, sorry. No, that would be yes, sir. I got a 18. Even though it is difficult for you to do so, you manage to enter this area. And you can see there are people, most of them are speaking the same language the other two travelers have been speaking. But some of them are speaking foreign languages, a few of which you recognize. However, you see down at the end of the hallway that you are facing when you open the door that leads to this area, there are guards or orderlies moving around through the hallways. And they notice you as soon as you get the doors open. They look like normal people or like the rock guy? No, these orderlies, they're wearing orderly outfits. And they look like the great creatures upstairs, but they have things on them. It looks like pieces of metal have been grafted to their bodies. Oh. And give me perception checks to get closer looks as things are happening. Um, 22. I'm going to forego that and do bull strength on Iffy. Iffy, you realize as your cousin is casting a spell on you, the metal specifically is welded mostly on their hands. It looks like a combination of spikes, syringes, and other hooked or sharp implements. You got spiky hands. Watch their spiky hands. And you can hear footsteps coming towards you as the one that is directly down the hallway that you're located in front of turns and starts running towards your location. Okay, uh, roll for initiative? Yes, at this point, that's what we're going to do. Has it been three minutes since we let, we've entered the building? I would say with the amount of travel and sneaking around that you've done, yes. And opening locks. Yeah. So no more protection from evil? No, but I believe my first bull strength is still up because it'll last six minutes. Yeah, you would still have that. I rolled a nat 20 on my initiative for a 22 total. Great. Oh, 14 for 16 altogether. Cool, cool, cool. I got a 15 for the rest of your group, so that's really nice. If he goes first. How far away is he? He is down the hallway at this point. He'd be 100 feet away from you still. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and spend a point to burn and try and throw something at him. Okay, you pick up a piece of detritus down here. It looks like a chipped piece of stone. So that'll be a 25 to attack? (laughs) That's what I say to you. And that'll be for 19 damage. Both the chunk of stone that you throw and this orderly are completely eradicated as one collides with the other. It's just gone. And I'm going to tell Yes Sir to guard the kid and warn everyone not to go touch the kid. Okay, Lupo, it is your turn. See, he's gone. Can we still hear the other orderlies coming? You can. Yeah, it appeared this area splits into what appear to be three sections of hallway, each of which has a number of cells along them. And you can hear more figures coming down the other two halls. You can just see down the middle one. Okay. Should we just hold and wait for them? We can, yeah. I'm going to attempt a divine favor on myself. Okay. 96. Wait, no. 66. Oh, I thought you were going to say 69. I was going to say nice. Nice. But yeah, 96. Or 66. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Your spell is successful. 
And then I'm going to move. So next to us is the water closet and the boiler room, right? Yeah, you're further past that. You're at the second door in that hallway. You're looking out directly at the row of cells that is directly in front of you. Okay, so we're outside the hallway between the boiler room and therapy room. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to get to one side and just wait for someone to come up. As you're moving to the side, you can see around the corner a figure rushing down the hallway. Okay, then I will call Gorger to me and he's going to wait to attack with me. All right. So you slip out and get your dog next to you as you lie in wait. Talks to herself is looking down at the dream catcher in her hands, and it is glowing less than it had been before. She says, wait, wait, wait. I think we went the wrong way. Well, we got to go up the other staircase anyways. Plus, I want to see if we can free any of the people in here. Yeah. All right. Do those orderlies come up? Because I think we're just waiting for them as a group. Well, at this point, Dr. Ilhausen slips out and prepares to fight as well. You can see that Carolyn has been clearing the pistol. It looks like she had a problem where it may have misfired. And she finally finishes loading it as the other two figures come running down their respective hallways. One of them has just scalpel blades on their fingers. The other one just syringes. Oh, wow. So I guess we killed the super duper guy who was cross-trained in both areas. (laughs) As they come screaming around the corners, you realize these things are much faster than the normal gray creatures. When they're closer, you realize they have some kind of mechanical device on them that has tubing running through them. I'm starting to think that maybe psychiatry is not a field that I want to be involved in. (laughs) Fellow was taking people's brains out. This guy's jamming metal pieces into people. Like, maybe psychiatry is, maybe it should be a forbidden thing, you know? Well, the one guy, he does conversion therapy. He doesn't do psychiatry. He does conversion therapy. (laughs) (laughs) And Lupo, the one that's coming around the corner towards you flings its hand forwards and several jagged pieces of metal come from its palm. Wall of force. I don't have... Well, unfortunately, it's not really that relevant. I got a 15 total. So it just clatters harmlessly off of your shield. Turtle, turtle. <laughs> I, I don't remember. The, I, I hit you once this time. I'm okay with that. Armor class is insane. It is. He's a little madman with his armor class. I'd be scared if we were going up with someone with that armor class. The one with the (laughs) needles in its hands does not seemingly have the ability to launch things, but it stops and starts backing up a little bit once it realizes that there's people waiting. I'm going to attack the one that has the syringes. The back you away, boy. So you're going to slide forwards and try and take a shot at it? Yeah, is he far enough away I can shoot at him, or do I need to use my sword? You can still shoot at him. He stopped and is about now 40 feet away. Okay, so no point blank shot. Right. Ooh, that is only a 14 to attack. It ducks right underneath of the piece of scree that you hurl at it. Scree! <laughs> scree! <laughs> and yes, there's still going to be watching the kid. I know it doesn't seem like anyone's attacking the kid, but that's where Iffy's priorities are still going to lay. Okay. Your dog is very obediently watching the boy. He is petting Yesser as this is all going on and clinging to him. How far am I away from the creature now? It's long at me. It's within 30 feet of you at this point. Yeah. It's going to be hard to get behind him, isn't it? Yeah, you're not going to be able to just easily get around him. Your dog is almost as wide as the hallway. Like, your dog's a big, chungus boy. I'm going to have Gorger attack first. That is 26. Okay. (laughs) Oh, max damage of 17. Nice. 
Gorger leaps up, puts both of its claws on either side of this thing's shoulders, and bites its head off. <laughs> Holy crap. So we only have syringe left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You only have the one thing left. Like, there's no trip attempt at this point. I'm going to move back to, well, can, can I see this? the syringe guy? Not yet, no, because you had to move a little forwards to be able to get around to see in the first place. Plus, there's a number of people starting to fill up the hallway where the syringe guy's at. Everybody kind of moved out into the hall that was getting ready for combat. <laughs> you look back and all you can see is various people butts. <laughs> <laughs> legs. Just legs. Yeah, thighs. As far as I can see. And then the top of his head. <laughs> 59 to cast pure light wounds on myself. You are easily able to do so. I will heal eight. Talks to herself, slips next to you, Iffy, and hurls her spear at the creature. It's awesome. It ducks underneath of the spear as well. It's a ducky one. Even as the spear returns to her hand, she nods and goes, wee, wee, wee. At this point, Dr. Ilhausen is more concerned with protecting his family, and so he's staying near the doorway where they're still keeping behind. Good idea. The one with the syringes, Iffy, runs forwards and at the last few moments drops into a crouch and then dives forwards, aiming a hand at both of you. Talkster herself barely manages to get her spear up to fend the attack off, but Iffy, you don't have any weapon in your hand to parry with. Nope. So he manages to stab you right in the chest. I'm going to need you to make a fortitude save. That's a 27. (laughs) you You feel something awful get pumped inside of you iffy no effect whatsoever like i'm a halfling (laughs) it doesn't affect you at all but now he's in melee range you flex your tiny muscles and squeeze some of whatever was injected inside of you out (laughs) he's like thank goodness i used to play with snakes i learned the ancient technique of flexing the poison out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's in melee range, so I'm going to go ahead and pull out Wolf Song. Oh. And I'm going to swing at him. And that's for a 27. If I say nothing, know that you hit. <laughs> it's easier for me. 13 points of damage. You hack into this creature, and you leave such a broad sword stroke in it that it looks down and seems more like it's surprised that it's still existing, rather than the fact that, you know, you did that. It kind of crumples over, and it is incredibly wounded. You can tell that. Since I had to pull my sword this time, I don't get a second attack, right? It is a move action for you to retrieve it from your haversack, so yeah. Should have killed me with whatever you injected. Since your dog is still busily guarding little Erasmus, Talkster herself just stabs out with her spear (laughs) and hits it right in the chest. It too dissipates like the other ones did. However, this one apparently had had something on it. You hear a little clattering noise as it drops to the floor. You look down and there is a small silver key. Is it magic? Do you need to cast detect magic? I do. I do. It is not magical. Okay, I pick up the key. You pick up the key. It looks like a cell key. So in the cells around us, is there anyone that speaks a language that I speak? A cell key. It looks like a cell key. (laughs) S-E-L-K-I. Where is the woman that belongs to the fur? Iffy. (laughs) 
No. All of the people that are talking to you speak different languages. They're all pleading to you. But you hear something coming from the far stairwell on the other side. It's a crashing sound. And then more jangling sounds that seem to be coming closer. Mm. Okay, I'm going to give the key to Dr. Ilhausen, And I'm going to tell him, only let people out if they bleed red. Don't let them touch you in the head, though, because they'll take your brains. And then I'm going <laughs> to... That's all if he uses as an explanation. And I guess ready myself for the next wave. As you hand the key off to Dr. Ilhausen, you can hear the noises still coming down the stairs. There's a number of footsteps and, again, that weird jangling sound coming from behind them. And when the doors open up, you can see several of the gray morph guards slash orderlies, two of which are carrying crossbows. Can I have Shield of Faith me? Yeah, you can cast Shield of Faith during this. And then a tendril comes through the doorway behind them. And then another and another. And for a moment, you think there's some kind of cloth material or rope. Whose dream are we in? <laughs> Tentacles. Well, We're then you the hentai. <laughs> a figure emerges, borne aloft by several of these tentacles, and you can see once it comes out of the doorway that they're not tendrils made out of cloth or rope. They're what look like silk. And there's dozens of those Dreamweaver spiders running up and down the length of them, continually maintaining them and adding more silk to them. The figure that comes through is a man wearing a lab coat and a pair of black breeches with some nice boots underneath. But his entire body is at least partially wrapped in this same silk. And contained within the silk, you can see bones, various pieces of detritus, and other objects. And that's what was making the jangling noise. And burning pupils, eight of them, in his split-jawed face, stare out at the lot of you in the hallway. He says, Oh! Looks like we have more patience. Gregorian, you were too kind to bring them here. He didn't always look like this, right? I hope not. It's like, I, I would be really doubting Dr. Ilhausen's ability to assess people if this is what... <laughs> Dr. Ilhausen is clearly terrified, and he's struggling to get some of these doors open, even as the figure starts advancing a little further. I move forward to it. As you're starting to move forward, it breaks down one of the other hallways in a burst of speed. It makes very long spider-like strides and slips out of the way. I'm going to cast Protection Remedial Communal on Iphian. <laughs> I'll let you get that one in, but after that, we're going to initiative. Is my bull strength still in place? It is. Okay. Uh, I don't get that one. Oh, no. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, there's too much pressure as this guy starts rushing towards the side and you get anxious and fumble-tongued. Yeah, I saw it happen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I still have Shield of Faith, Bull Strength, and Divine Favor. Well, Divine Favor only lasts a minute. Yeah, so you probably wouldn't have that anymore. Oh, initiative. Ah, nine. Ooh. 21. Okay, Iffy, you have the first action. So I can't see the spider guy. No. And you are currently about 50 feet away from the doorway. I'm down the middle hallway? Correct. Okay. Everybody else is at that hallway that we came in from? They had moved forwards and into the center of the room once you guys had finished getting things accomplished down there. Okay. Are there grays coming at us? 
again, there's two with crossbows at the door and another two behind them that appear to be carrying some kind of pole arms. They have weird little clamps at the end. They look like man catchers. I can't put my sword away and do gather power, right? Sheathing your sword, that's a free action. That's fine. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to put my sword away. I'm going to gather power so that I can do an extended telekinetic blast without costing myself burn. Okay. And then I want to attack one of the crossbowmen. Okay. So that's a 26 to attack. That's all. Yep. Okay, and then that'll be for... Oh, and I still have burn, so it'll be... uh, Plus one, plus two. 14 damage. Okay. You strike the crossbowman directly in the chest with a piece of metal pipe from one of the bars on one of the cells. Strike it dead in the chest, and it looks down, and it can see it sticking out of the front of it. It's also sticking out of the back of it. This thing is not yet dead, however. I'm going to keep Yes Sir guarding the group, just in case the spider guy tries to get around us to grab one of them. Well, it's a good thing you do that, because Yes Sir is specifically watching Erasmus. Yes. And he notices something that the rest of you don't, as what looks like a mass of spider webs emerges from one of the walls atop you. A tendril shoots down and tries to grab Erlen. All we can do. However, Erlen actually manages to get out of the way in the nick of time as your dog slams into her and knocks her to the side. (laughs) She got a really good reflex roll, but she has a terrible reflex score, so that's the only thing I can think of. Good boy. Lupo, you had a very low roll, correct? Both of the crossbow morphs start firing their weapons. If the one that fires at you aims high, probably because of the grievous wound you just inflicted on it, and it ends up striking the door to the cell that you're closest to, the other one fires a bolt that hits Dr. Ilhausen in the chest, and he just drops. Oh, no. You can see there's no blood coming from the wound, and he starts snoring. Oh, We got a couple of potions that would help with that, didn't we? I have Wand of Restoration. Restoration. Ah. Okay, so we'll just worry about that afterwards, I guess, and hope that doesn't... As the two man-catcher-holding greys push past their crossbow-wielding brethren and start advancing slowly down the hallway, it looks like they're trying to block you off and make it so that their crossbow-firing friends can still shoot at you without them engaging you directly. And then you see Dr. Tasker's body whirl into view at the opposite end of the hallway, propelled by those awful silken legs that are moving him around. Wait, so do they have me in the hallway in between them? You're at the far end of the hall. You're closer to the combat than most people are. It's you and talks to herself. Then behind you is an unconscious Dr. Ilhausen, then Lupo's dog, Lupo, Carolyn Dinwiddie Ilhausen, Erasmus Ilhausen and your dog are at the middle portion of that hallway. Sorry, I'm just having a hard time. You're closer to the morphs than you are to the other. You're. you're... Okay, well, and do- the doctor's in the hallway with me. Like I can see the doctor. He's down on the other end of the hallway. He would be 80 feet away by the door that you came in near the therapy and boiler room. He fires a tendril down the hall and it stretches almost unnaturally far. And a bunch of needles protrude from the tip of it as it's flying forwards. Oh. 
talks to herself, who was the one he was aiming at, notices this and leaps out of the way before they can make contact with her. Nice. Now it's your turn, Iffy. Okay, now I'm going to attack the doctor. Okay, so you're going to, are you going to utilize a point of burn or are you going to try and gather power? I'll gather power again. So your feet literally end up lifting off of the ground at this point as your hair stands straight on end and you start sucking just masses of ethereal energy into you. Ooh, that's only a 15. Unfortunately, that is not enough to hit. It goes flying past him, the chunk of debris that you hurl. Okay. Hefting her spear, talks to herself, says a couple of words to it in that strange language, and throws it with more force than you've seen most human beings throw a spear. And it goes spiraling down the hallway towards Dr. Task and hits him in one of the silken legs. She makes a huge slash in it, and you can see some of the spiders start descending downwards to try and repair it, but she speared one of them in the process. Maybe we should set them on fire, like you do any spiders that are a problem, you know? <laughs> For her what part. What if you just got all baby spiders in them? He might be a big old mama spider. <laughs> For her part, Carolyn knows she's too far away to fire the pistol and grabs her son and starts pulling him more towards the center of where everybody who's capable of combat is located. She should definitely pull him more towards Yester. Yeah, well, Yester is still with them. Good. Yeah, you gave him a command. He has not diverted from it yet. Dr. Eelhausen is still asleep. I'm going to tell her, pull the needle out of his chest. Carolyn reaches over and does so. However, it doesn't have any effect. He's still unconscious. Yeah, but at least now it's not potentially injecting more into him. Once again, the crossbow people start taking aim, firing down the hall. One of the crossbows jams. (laughs) The other one, however, fires and hits you, Lupo. Must have been a really good shot to get your armor class. It was an 18 on the base roll. (laughs) Hit the 24? Yeah. Like a will save? Or did you save? It will be a will save. Against fear? No. He didn't pass out because he was afraid. 15? Lupo, you collapse. I collapsed. I'm assuming Georgia will protect your body? Yes. At this point, the ones with the man catchers start pushing in further. If he, one of them lunges forwards and tries to grab you with the man catcher, it does not compensate for just how small you are. They are not used to wrangling halflings. Like, you think <laughs> my brothers haven't tried to catch me in these before? <laughs> they yeah, call and, that babysitting. And the other one hangs back more still. Dr. Herod Tasker fires another tendril forwards and hits Carolyn Dinwiddie Illhausen in the chest with a bunch of syringes. Oof. Can Yeser attack that? Is that like an attack of opportunity for him if he's No, it's not an attack of opportunity. Wow. Amazing. She rolled a nat 20 on her roll. You see her start freaking out for a moment, and then she gets this real grim and resolute look on her face, and you can tell that whatever was injected in her apparently did not work the way it was intended to by Tasker's angered reaction. Gorger's going to bend over my body and lick my face. Stare at everyone else. As he does so, at the end of his action, you start waking up. I'm going to be like, start smacking your husband away. I wasn't sure if that would work. So I, I but, but I just picture my dog worrying about me. So he can't yeah. Yeah, it's a reasonable thing to think about a dog. Yeah. 
So I got a man catcher close by, right within melee range. Trying to get at you, correct. It's not technically considered engaged, so you can still make a ranged attack. Can I still see the spider guy? You can. He's on the opposite side of the hallway. Yeah, I'm going to do gather power and attack him again. Okay. At this point, you are a half inch off of the ground. <laughs> I got a 19 to attack. Plus the one, so a dirty 20 to hit. That hits. Cool. 19 damage. You sever one of the legs made of silk that he's currently ambulating on, and his body pitches forwards almost dangerously as he howls. Since Yesser isn't really being a lot of help in protecting, I'm going to point at the man with the man catcher and say, get him, Yesser. Okay. Yesser rushes directly at that man. Um, Would he be able to get to him in a charge or an attack this round? Yes. Okay. Straight up attack or charge attack? Either. He's got a 50 movement speed. Okay. Your dog's hella fast. He's going to charge him. Okay. For a 25 to attack. Hits him like a freight train. Ooh, that's only for 10 points of damage. Okay. And then he's going to try and trip him for 25. It's less the bite that causes the damage as much as your dog horsing directly into this being and sending him sprawling to the pavement. Good boy. Carolyn leans downwards and starts slapping her husband awake. (laughs) As she's doing so, you can see talks to herself getting ready to cast another spell. And as she does so, another column of flames erupts, covering Dr. Herod Tasker. Yeah, kill spiders with fire. She's so smart. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot of dice. (laughs) He shrieks as this pillar annihilates two more of the legs that he has that were holding him up. And you can see as his real human legs hit the floor, they're weak. He's more walking on his ankles than his feet as a singular tendril is still kind of limply hoisting him off of the ground, more like a big hook than a leg at this point. Nice. Dr. Ilhausen rouses to consciousness And the one crossbowman manages to get his weapon cleared as the other one fires another bolt down the hallway. If it clatters harmlessly off of your breastplate. (laughs) (laughs) The remaining one with the man catcher attacks Yesser. Yesser's head is clamped in a man catcher. Oh, man. And Yesser takes... You know, when you roll high, you roll high. Yesser takes four points of damage as it locks around his neck with painful spikes. Yesser is oh. fine with that. Yesser can take roughly 12 to 15 more of those. Oh my god. <laughs> Whose turn is it? It would be Lupo's turn now. As I see this, I say, get him to Gorger, and he's going to run. Gorger is so mad. He sees his one of his best friends in the whole world being attacked by this guy. I'm going to cast rage on them. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> on Gorger and yes, sir. Yep. Heck yeah! Angry puppies. <laughs> Medium range, so they're close enough. All right. Thirty-eight. So they are both enraged. Oh no! Gorger starts snarling, and there is ropey strings of saliva coming from his mouth as he dashes forwards at that creature. She's going to attack the guy. He's going to charge. He's charging to attack. 16. That hits. (laughs) Yes. 13 damage to the guy, plus the trip attempt. 
29. Oh, your dog rips this thing in half. <laughs> it leaps up off of its friend who is clamped in this man catcher, comes down on the thing's shoulder and just bites the side of its neck and tears as it's falling. <laughs> yes, sir, out of the man catcher? No, it's still locked in place around his neck, but there's nothing to hold him with it now. All right, and then that's my turn. I stand up and I get ready. Yes, sir, still has the man catcher around his neck. Is that like a dog catching loop or is that like... It's clamp? more like a bear trap on a stick. Okay. How hard is it to loosen that off of him? It's just got a little crank on it that you can open it back up with at the end. If I use my telekinetic finesse, can I do it from where I'm standing? You can. That'll be a standard action. So all you'll have left is a move action. Can I call him to me and undo it as a free action? No, he won't come towards you. You can't. He won't listen to you. He's enraged. Oh, then, yeah, I'm going to point to the other one. Go get him and send him after the crossbowman. While you take the thing off of his neck? No. Okay. So he goes clattering forwards, and that thing slaps against the ground a bunch of times as he's dragging it with him as Yesser charges towards one of the two remaining crossbow people. Yep. I'm sending him after the unhealthy one. Okay. Okay, and that'll be for a 20 to attack. Dirty 20. I'll tell you. <laughs> All right. Not today. And that'll be for 11 points of damage. 12 Sorry, thir- because of the rage. Oh, 13, 14 points of damage then. Sorry. He leaps forwards and bites it in the midsection and tears out what would be its guts as it collapses and then dissipates. And then I am going to... Well, you... Oh, no, that's right. You left the thing on him. Okay, I'm going to attack Spider Guy because my assumption is Gorger is going to run after Yes Sir. That's my hope. So I'm going to gather power and attack Spider-Man for a 19 plus... Oh, you can stop right there. (laughs) If only you hadn't proved critical on your blasts. 15 damage. You destroyed the last spider leg that he has that he's standing on. As he ends up on the ground, he's pretty much dragging himself forwards. Even his new tendrils are starting to try and emerge from his back. Walking over towards him as her husband is getting up off of the floor... Carolyn Dinwiddie Ilhausen levels the pistol that's in her hand at this man and takes a shot. Yeah. I have to confirm that. <laughs> Shoots him directly in the shoulder where he's laying, and you can see the bullet rip through him as he screams. He's still alive, but just barely. What does Talks to Herself have to say about that? Well, Talks to Herself is murmuring a spell of her own again. And this time a ball of flame emerges from her hand and gets bigger and starts rolling down the hallway until (laughs) it strikes directly into him and its spongy mass rolls over his body. And spear? Oh, yeah. It ignites him as it travels over him and he's screaming and burning but he's still alive, if you can call it that. Dr. Ilhausen isn't recovered enough to do anything. Gorger charges the crossbowman. Yeah, I mean, they're going after the closest thing to them, so... It's a 25. Oh, max damage, 18. Gone. Gorger leaps <laughs> and opens his mouth up over its head. It looks like your dog was almost ready to swallow its head before he clamped down and just viciously shakes this thing around like a rag doll. 
<laughs> it makes that awful dog coughing noise. Oh. But then the thing dissipates. I get why people are afraid of wolves sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I understand it too. <laughs> then I will end concentration on that. I'm a, how far am I away from the spider guy? From where you're located at, you would be 100 feet away. Wow, oh, I can't do anything to him. Uh, how close am I to the dogs? They are 30 feet from you. I'm going to move towards them and get ready to remove the, the man catcher from... from um... yes. yes, sir. Okay. I'm attacking Spider Guy again. Okay. Now, he's prone, so you'll actually have a penalty to hit him with a ranged attack. Okay, so I only have a 24 then to attack. Oh, only. I don't know what the penalty is, but I... doesn't matter. (laughs) Not enough. Even if you (laughs) minus five, you still hit him. And that's for 16. The last piece of masonry that you pick up with your telekinetic powers rips through the top of Dr. Harrod Tasker. And as it does so, you see an explosion of these spiders. And I knew we should have fired. (laughs) As they spread out and start clambering the walls and melting away, you see strands appearing from them. And as enough of them intersect, you realize that they weren't making a web so much as making a portal. Almost immediately, there's a massive suction force that you can all feel on yourselves. The first one to get pulled through, ironically, Carolyn Dinwiddie Ilhausen, she gets just launched through it. Her son goes shortly after. If you're trying to stay on your feet at this point, I need strength checks from all of you. I'm going to try and stay in one spot just until I know where my dog is going. And I rolled a 21. I just picture myself walking towards them, and all of a sudden I realize like I've been like picked up lightly just <laughs> going forward because I just rolled a seven. <laughs> like a cartoon character that hasn't looked down yet. As, yeah. as Dr. Ilhausen loses his footing and goes sliding across the floor, if he, you watch your cousin get lifted off of his feet and into the air. Can I grab him? No. No. Right. At this point, he goes flying past you towards the portal. Can I reach for him? You reach for him, and you are pulled off of your feet as well. I call for yes, sir. I call you, for Gorger. You two hear barking as you're screaming and flying through the air, and you hear your dogs running towards you. And then there's mist everywhere around you. For a few moments, it felt like you were passing through cobwebs, but then you realize it's softer than that and clammier. Oh. You can see the Ilhausen family seemingly falling down what looks like a big misty tunnel ahead of you. If he, the seal that is around your neck starts to pulsate and glow. I hold it and be like, I hope we all go home. As you do that and the Ilhausens disappear into the mist, you see another small circle of mist appear in front of you. And you, Lupo, and both of your dogs pass through it. There's a cold chill in the air when you finally realize where you're at. All four of you are laying on the ground, right near the street that Venaris's Articles of Virtue is located on. I'm going to set up and undo the mancatcher. As you do that, you realize it's been locked on long enough that Yesser is pretty hurt by it. It's been digging into him for a while. He's still alive, but he's got a bad wound. I'm going to shove my Cure Light wound, or Cure... Is it a Cure Moderate Wounds level or Cure Light Wounds? It's a pretty bad injury. It looks like it's been stuck on him for a while. I'm going to undo it, and then I'm going to pour in a cure moderate wounds into his throat. Even as he whimpers and licks at the potion, and his wound begins healing, 
You can hear a crashing noise come from inside Venaris's. Okay, so that was for nine plus one. So 10 points of damage. How much damage did he take? He ended up taking 17 total. So he's, he's, his okay. wound definitely closes to a good degree. Okay. He's healed 18 more. Oh, he's all healed up. Uh, what time of day is it? The dark of night. You would wager, you're not entirely sure, but two or three o'clock in the morning. And you can hear Jackson yelling from inside. I'm going to go run inside. Yeah, I run. The door is already slightly ajar as you open it up. As you get into the foyer, you can see Jackson spread both of his hands out at a man that's standing in front of him and completely immolate the man with a huge gout of flame. Jackson, you didn't tell me you could do that. Jackson looks incredibly shocked and looks over at the doorway and goes, Iffy, what are you doing here? We fell through the nightmare lands and now we're here. What is? Are there more people? As you're saying that, you see another figure emerge from the curtained area that you know normally leads to the little break room that you guys have behind the counter. They're holding a knife up over Jackson's head, but then you see something kick them in the side of the neck and they topple over to the ground. There's a long, thin, silver string connecting from the projectile that hit the man in the neck to a small figure standing on top of the countertop of Venaris' Articles of Virtue. It is a Natalie-attired doll with a tiny cane. I knew you'd come back! As Jackson looks over at the two of you, you can see he's got a couple of wounds on his body. He says, Well, damn, do I have some stories to tell you? What events have transpired since Iffy and Lupo left Martira Bay on their adventure? Just what is the deal with Timothy showing up again? And what about all the other cursed objects the cousins still have left to find? Find out next season on Ravenloft Tiny Terrors. Ravenloft is a registered trademark owned by Wizards of the Coast Incorporated. The Pathfinder role-playing game is trademark of Paizo Incorporated. Our theme song, Spooky Halloween Trailer, was composed by Toy Invention and is used under a commercial license that includes sync licensing. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can always email us at realplaygamespodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at realplaypod. If you'd like to support the show, please visit our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash realplaygamespod and get early and exclusive content in exchange for helping us pay the rent. 